Good morning, everyone. I'm Peter Gettler. It's my honor and privilege to be president of the Cato Institute, and thank you all for being here. This is a great crowd. You know, our, our uh, events definitely took a setback from the pandemic, but we're, we're, we're getting there each and every year. You know, we have more people here this year than, uh, than last year, and it's going to be an even bigger group next year. Um, so thank you for, uh, for joining us. You know, if you go to the Cato Institute website, you can see our mission statement, but I'll tell you what our mission statement really is, or at least the way I view it. Cato has two primary roles. One, to keep the ideas of liberty alive for future generations. And the second is to try to move public policy in a more liberty-friendly direction. And I think that we're doing both of these things as well or better than we ever have. We are, uh, we've made a lot of changes over the last few years. We have an incredibly strong team. We've done a lot of upgrading of staff and a lot of strategic investment in areas that make us better in terms of the quality of our policy staff, but also allow us to propagate our message and our ideas to a much broader audience than, uh, than ever before. Um, our focus from investment has been a thoughtful approach that seeks to find ways to make our outstanding policy staff more effective and to leverage them even more than we have in the past. But we've still selectively added to our policy staff, most notably in the area of economics. Um, you know, there's a disturbing trend. Most people in this room are probably very familiar with uh, the radicalization that's happened on the left with respect to economic policy, calls for more government intervention in the economy, more regulation, more redistribution. But what a lot of people haven't been paying as much attention to is a worrying trend on the right, where significant elements of the conservative coalition are moving away from free markets, are moving away from a defense of free enterprise, and are propagating the idea that free markets and free enterprise have somehow failed working class people. We think this idea is wrong. And so we have, over the last year since we got together in Naples with you last February, um, we've added to our fiscal policy team, our tax policy team, uh, Joe Norberg, who you're going to uh, hear speak today. I think he's one of the greatest communicators of our ideas. He's been a senior fellow at Cato for a long time, but we used to get a piece of his time. Um, this summer he joined Cato full-time. He's still based in Sweden, but spends more time in the U.S., and uh, we just have a much stronger partnership and, and allowing him to leverage the Cato platform, you know, the combination of the Cato platform and um, Joan's talent at communicating the ideas and philosophy of liberty and uh, the case for optimism, which he'll, he'll tell us about uh, today. Um, also, uh, Jeb Hanserling, who will speak at uh, dinner, has uh, affiliated with Cato. He joined us as a senior fellow in economics uh, this past fall. But it's not just adding to policy staff. Um, we've made significant investments in technology and content creation in order to get our message out to uh, a, you know, a bigger audience. We've uh, added resources in external affairs and government outreach. We hired in November. Uh, a new vice president for government affairs who's the most senior and experienced person we've ever had in that position. Um, we're insisting that our um, policy staff and the leaders of each policy area think, 
thoughtfully, purposefully, and strategically about how their work is helping to drive the change that we seek. The combination of these investments and that uh, ethos um, is paying dividends. I mean, we, uh, we, we spent the last couple of years very focused on reforming the Electoral Count Act so that there won't ever be a debate again about what power the pre vice president has when counting electoral votes. We engaged about half with Republicans and half with Democrats on that effort, and uh, it was passed um, in, uh, in December. We uh, have engaged with the administration. You know, the administration, as if you haven't noticed, is flailing at the border, and they're open to ideas, and we have a very thoughtful uh, immigration team. We want to increase the channels of legal immigration so that there are less incentives for illegal immigration. They came up with an idea that they sold to the Department of Homeland Security to start offering in countries in Central and South America work permits where eligible citizens can come, at, at eligible potential migrants um, can come to the U.S. legally on a work permit for two years that can potentially be renewed. The catch is you have to apply for and be processed for these permits in your home country. So the idea was to create an incentive for people not to come to the border. A pilot program was rolled out for four countries earlier this month, Nicaragua, Venezuela, Haiti, and Cuba. The numbers haven't been published yet, but we've, uh, the, some, some contacts in DHS have shared with us that the initial uh, indications are pretty good. In the first month of this program, border apprehensions of migrants from those four countries are down over 95%. So a great example of uh, you know, creative approach to policy reform coupled with our, uh, our outreach ability um, to, both, to both parties. And uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, um, as I have here in the past, the tremendous uh, success we're having with uh, innovative and creative programs trying to reach, you know, beyond the choir. I had a different career. I didn't come from the policy world. And when I got parachuted into my job at Cato, one of the things I learned moving to Washington is that so many people are talking to themselves. So many resources and effort and work is wasted preaching to whatever choir uh, happens to be appended to your, to your tribe. And, um, you know, we've, we've uh, to me, if we're only talking to people who agree with us, that's a failure. And it's not going to make any contribution to trying to change the world in the direction, you know, that we want. So we think very creatively and have developed some innovative initiatives. A great example, Leslie Albanese is here, and anyone who's interested, she'll tell you more about our SPHERE project that some of the folks here have very generously supported. But it's uh, outreach to educators. We've, in only three and a half years, have built a network of 4,000 educators from uh, virtually every state in the country and several territories. And the whole idea is around the framework of restoring our civic culture, something that we believe teachers and, uh, and educators around the country are concerned about. We're encouraging them to teach the full range of viewpoints and bring our ideas into the classroom. And we're not looking to indoctrinate anyone, we just want a fair hearing. And we want, at the same time, to teach students to be respectful, of, uh, of other people's viewpoints and to, uh, to engage in viewpoints that may be different than what they think they, uh, they hold. 
Um, so that's been, been very successful. Um, why we do this is uh, I think you probably share this, uh, this feeling. We're all so fortunate to have been able to live our lives in a relatively free country and to each, to each um, live our version of the American dream. And it's gonna be a shameful legacy if we don't allow our children and grandchildren that same opportunity. Um, Yoen will talk today about the case for optimism. I'll close by trying to make a case against pessimism. I meet with a lot of folks who feel that liberty is in retreat in the United States, and some of them even say we're doomed. And I would say we're the most fortunate people in the history of the planet because we live in an amazing time. And we need to deliver the message that it's liberty that has lifted billions out of poverty, liberty that has added decades to our lives, and liberty that has given us capabilities that you know, future, uh, previous generations would have attributed to wizards or gods, in the world, word of, uh, our, words of our friend Daniel Hannon. Um, and it's imperative that we make every effort to, uh, to make sure that our legacy is, uh, is a legacy of freedom for future generations. What we're trying to do is, uh, is no harder than so many things that have been done in the past. The, uh, the people who founded this country they pledged their, uh, their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. They had to put their lives at risk to do what they did. The enormity of their task is so much greater than what we face. I'm also, uh, last time I was in Florida in the fall, I got sucked into watching The Crown with my wife and my mother. And uh, I was really taken with the Thatcher character. And I remember, uh, to me, Margaret Thatcher is such an inspirational leader because it shows what one person can contribute to, uh, to not just turning a group of people around, but turning a whole country around. And uh, what she faced in the UK in the 70s is much, much more challenging than what we face today. Um, and I try to take inspiration in thinking of it this way. When she came to power, she said, I cannot bear the idea of Britain in decline. I paraphrase that and say, I cannot bear a United States in which my grandson can't live his version of the American dream. And today, since he watched the first Super Bowl of his life where his team was actually in it and watched them lose, um, he's got enough problems. I want to make sure that uh, the burden of, of uh, you know, living under a mountain of debt and, uh, and just reams and reams of regulations that keep him from reaching his dreams. Um, that's just something that none of us should be able to countenance for, uh, for any of our grandchildren. And uh, we're so thankful, especially those of you here who support Cato and make our work and mission possible. We're so thankful to you for, uh, for your generosity and the combination of uh, a sense of urgency we have about what's happening in our country, and very strong affirmation that we have from our donors about the strategic direction of our organization is combined to create an environment in which, um, you know, we, we, uh, our sponsors are being more generous than they, than they ever have, and it's allowing us to expand on some of these very vital initiatives that we have, uh, have underway. So thank you so much.